Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. Programmers like rules. We like having one way to do things. But the reality is there are many different ways to attack the tasks that we do day to day. And so, Aaron, I was thinking maybe today we could talk through a couple examples where there isn't necessarily like one true way, or there's at least a variety of choices before you. And we could share some thoughts on how we approach it, the reasoning behind it. Maybe that'd be useful to other people. What do you think? I think that's a great idea that you just came up with there, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) I am so spontaneous. All right. So the first example I was thinking about is I'm going to write some new piece of functionality like, where am I going to stick this? Specifically thinking about the the action in the Laravel world, the controller action. Where am I going to put that? So we could put it in a its own controller, right? There's single controllers or single action controllers. I could wedge it into a, like the, the resourceful controller model. Or I could take one of my controllers that already has like 30 methods on it and just put one more on it. So, so, <laughs> I so what might be an example of like a single action uh, controller. How I would do it? Yeah. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll share my opinion even though I was trying to ask you yours. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I personally lean towards the resourceful controllers. And so to answer your specific question. I feel like you're not answering the question. I'm getting to it. <laughs> the, is, right. uh, I would reach for a single action controller when it just didn't make sense to fit in one of the resourceful methods. So I'll, I'll give an example. Let's say you have a um, an application controller you can apply to a job. So you can create an application, you can edit it and, and so forth. But then there's going to be somebody that either approves or declines that application. To me, like, yeah, I could maybe wedge approve as an edit slash update flow, but it really kind of mm-hmm. feels like its own separate workflow. So I would generally, in that case, break that out and have an approve application controller with a single action and a decline application controller with a single action. So you're saying that there's a number of um, number of things you might uh, edit on that application, one of them being you know, approve or the status of it or whatever. Um, but uh, in some cases, it might make more sense just to pull out one single thing to kind of match with your 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 domain and yeah, say, maybe, this is uh, this is what I want to do. Right. Or, or maybe in this case, the, the, the partial example I was thinking of is all like a workflow thing. One person submits it and a different person has to approve or decline it. So it's kind of like two people with two different mm. possible updates for that, that application. And that could get really complicated if you're trying to use the same method all the time. Like, does this user have this permission to edit this particular column in this one piece of data? Right. Whereas yep. you could pull it out into just a, a single controller action. But then yep. wouldn't you just want to make single con- single controller actions for all of your, your methods? So I, I want to see a list. I want to see new, you know. What I actually do is I create separate applications, all independent microservices <laughs> for Every single one of those. No, I, I'm joking, but yes, I I think there is a line where um no, that is not the right answer. Because if something really is create slash store or something really is edit, update, or delete, or view or index, like those are kind of predefined methods that are available. And as a developer coming into a project, 
I appreciate when the previous developer used those existing conventions because I can more easily grasp those and know where to look for things. Mm -hmm. I think one other thing that I consider when I'm deciding whether to use a single action controller or, you know, a resourceful controller is, um, is this, like I mentioned, a, a domain sort of process? Is this something mm -hmm. I would tell my business and they would understand versus the data storage? So sometimes as programmers, we think we, we get stuck too much on the data objects and the data storage, and then we make all of our interfaces based off of that. <laughs> right. um, but but a normal user, they don't want to see a screen then with 27 different things to update. They just want one. And you can, you can limit that uh, a lot of times in your UI or something like that. Mm -hmm. But... Sometimes it just makes sense to pull out a single sort of very common business related thing into its own controller and say, this is, this is that task. And this task only happens in this scenario. But yeah, you did mention something interesting um, about how do you know then like how many methods to put on this controller? Was that kind of mm -hmm. where you're getting at? You mean if you're not following the resourceful controller methodology? Because if you're following that, you should only have seven max. So there's never a situation like that you could, I suppose. Yeah, because those other ones that I've added on in the past uh, usually could have been just a single action on a okay. different controller then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to have different opinions on this. But from my experience working on projects, I've created plenty of balls of mud with uh, controllers that have 30 methods on them. And so you have to draw a line somewhere. And I, I just, I don't like making that decision over and over and over. So why not make the decision one time? Like, Hey, let's stick with the, the resourceful controller. When we have to go outside that, we'll use single action controllers. And my life just got simpler. Plus with having those uh, resourceful controllers, you get a lot of helpers mm -hmm. like uh, auth authorize uh, resource helper that uh, can apply authorization automatically to each one of those columns using yep. policies and gates. Speaking of authorization, Aaron, that makes me think of a second example, which is like, where do you do your authorization? Just to throw out some ideas, I could write a policy and check that as middleware in a route. I could check that policy in my controller's constructor. I could do authorization inside a form request. I could certainly write any authorization logic I want within the actions. Like, how do you decide where to put that sort of stuff in your application? I think there's a couple different rules that you can find in the Laravel documentation that kind of indicate this is how you might use this. You know, if you have uh, an object that's already, you know, that can be hydrated, use policies. If you have things that are more just action based, use gates, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think the more important rule on something like this is to stay consistent yeah. and work, especially work with your team and, and, I think one of the big things too is also remembering that as de as developers, we're always learning more, right? And sometimes when you learn the next thing, it's really exciting to go, I'm going to just switch and do that now. Yep. And you have two separate ways of doing something in your app. And then as you finish doing that second way, then you suddenly have learned another thing and you have three. Mm -hmm. and, or if you're like us and we're, we're jumping around between different projects, we learn something from each one. How do you yeah. like not just run to the next new shiny thing? Um, so that consistency is is super important, um, even if it's not the newest, brightest, shiniest way of doing something. 
Right. Yeah, it, it can be almost like uh, an archaeological dig where you go down through the layers and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> here's where they learned about gates. Because like all of a sudden there's like a bunch of gates in the commit, but right. like it's not used anywhere else in the in the older code. Yeah, I, I agree. Consistency is super important, especially on a team. But I would even say if you're a solo dev, like consistency is also going to save your sanity. Uh, if you maintain a project long enough, you'll forget why you did things a different way in this one part of the code base. So be even consistent with yourself makes a lot of sense too. Or if you're uh, like a guy like Joel who worked by himself for many years and then got a extremely awesome blessing of having me join with him and suddenly he had to work on a team, mm -hmm. it uh, makes it a little bit easier for the person that joins in. Fewer skeletons in the closet is always a good thing <laughs> when you don't know who might look at this in the future. Yes, wise words of advice. So as been proven many, many times uh, on this podcast, I'm a bit of a weirdo. I like reading the documentation. I uh, first word I ever like kind of want a spelling bee with was dictionary. Um, what I, 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 I is that a true story? I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It, um, and so I'm, I'm, I got word of the day coming to me, mm. uh, from emails. Um, and w I've been finding a lot of interesting words that, um, I think we've left by the wayside and we don't consider anymore. Um, and so I think it's time that maybe we bring a couple of these back. Okay. So the first word that I saw the other day that I actually um, had to look up was because I thought it was slang, but turns out it's real is churless. Churless. No, Joel is churless Chir at the beach. No. S-H. Churlish. Churlish. Okay. Yeah. It's even worse now because I can't seem to say these words. <laughs> but chur churlish is uh, like mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. That's a new Joel? one to me. What, what are, what are words that you know that um, maybe I, I wouldn't know or our listeners wouldn't know that you feel like I need to be educated on? Well, if you didn't even know churlish, I mean, there's probably lots <laughs> of words you didn't know. Uh, um, oh, I just like just the other day, so I read before bed, and there was a word that I've seen many times, and I like kind of knew what it meant, but I finally, like, I read on a Kindle, so I tapped on it to see what it actually meant, and it was something totally different, but now I can't remember <laughs> what that word was, and I'm not going upstairs to get my Kindle. Um, I guess I'm, I'm still a little bit in shock because I know how jealously you guard your inbox, but yet every single day you allow an email with a, just a word in it to come to your inbox? Well, I mean, it has a definition, too. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry if I was being churlish there. I didn't did not mean to. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to keep a note by my uh, bedside with words I come across that I don't know what they mean, and I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, I think that'll go over really well. You're just uh, in the middle of the night, just reading the book. <laughs> you suddenly go, oh, and you you lean over and start writing something down. Yep. Your wife says, "What are you doing?" I got a word for Aaron. <laughs> uh -huh. The word of the like, day. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him an email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 1 a.m. Churlish. Does your team struggle with consistency? We can help. Contact us for a free consultation at our website, nocompromises.io.
For those that stuck around to the end, the word I was thinking of is desultory. Now I'm going to make you go look it up. And if you skipped past the closing song, you missed this gem of a word.